0: Well, good morning. I was at a a little gathering recently. Um, One of Becca's good friends who she grew up with, my wife Becca, a good friend she grew up with was recently married and her and her husband um, are relocating to Los Angeles from Uh, from where they live currently in Denver, but they're from Cincinnati. So they came home to say goodbye to a lot of family and friends before they make the trip out to LA. And at this little party, I was hanging out around this amazing spread of food at the table, which is often where where you can find me at a party. And I met a guy there. Um, We were both, you know, kind of brought by our spouses to the party. Our spouses had this connection. They They knew Meredith, who was moving away. And we struck up a conversation um, at the food table. And he said, hey, who are you? Who are you? We got to meet each other. Uh, What do you do for a living? And he said, well, I just got out of the Army. And I said, really? I used to be in the Army. And he said, I was going to ask you. I saw the bracelet you wear, and I thought maybe you were in the military. So we were fast friends. We were just talking and reminiscing about what we did in the military. And he said, well, what do you do now? And I said, well, believe it or not, I'm a pastor. And he said, well, of what kind of church? And I said, of a Lutheran church. And he said, I'm Lutheran. And I said, you're my new best friend. <laughs> and uh, we, we, just, we just got off. We started talking about deer hunting and all sorts of things. And it was just great. Um, and he said, you know, uh, I'm not going to a Lutheran church, though, right now. I'm, I'm going to a church that my wife goes to. And, you know, it's, it's a good church. But he said, but it's just a little soft. And I said, what do you mean by soft? And he said, well, when I go to church, you know, I like to get punched in the stomach. <laughs> it's like, what kind of Lutheran church are you going to? <laughs> and and uh, you can, you maybe, maybe you know. But he, um, he, he, he said, yeah, when I grew up, I, you know, it was like, which pew could we sit in that was the hardest pew? Like to make your back real straight and tall. And I'm like, tell me more. About this faith of yours. And he's like, Well, I was a wrestler in, in high school, and you know, at first you don't like getting slammed on the mat, but after a while you kind of enjoy it. And I'm like, Yeah, well, maybe. Um, and he said, That I feel like I need convicted of my sin. And, and I, I like when, when the sermons do that. And I said, I think you're in the minority of people. Um, And now his wife's listening, and my wife's listening, and I I looked at his wife, and she's rolling her eyes like he's doing it again. (laughs) And um, we had this great conversation, though. Uh, My friend, my new friend, uh, he would have really liked John the Baptist. Luke chapter 3, our reading for today, uh, John has this ministry out in the wilderness where droves of people are coming out to, to hear his message. People have grown curious about this one in the wilderness who eats locusts and wild honey, who dresses a little bit differently with camel's hair on him. Uh, but they're coming out to see him, people from all walks of life. Uh, we have soldiers that are coming out, we, we hear today. We have tax collectors, we have faithful people, the, the Israelites are coming out to, to hear his message. And with this big crowd coming to him, uh, his opening remarks um, he calls the people a brood of vipers. It's so foreign to how we would start a war. It'd be like if we said, hey, welcome to Prince of Peace, you terrible people. This is really not a, like a solid plan to grow your ministry, right? But this is John's message. John's calling was to prepare the way of the Lord, to, to, to confront people with the reality of, their brokenness, of the ways that they have fallen away from their calling as children of God to spread love and light in the world. And John does that with stark language. He calls people to repent, which as I told the children is move in a new direction. The direction you're headed down is not life-producing. It's not life-producing for you and it's not life-producing for other people. And so repent, turn in a new direction. What I think John does really well is John holds up a, a mirror for people. That's how I've come to recognize, that, that's the imagery that I have in my mind when I think about my own brokenness. The, the things I do, the things I say, the habitual habits or, or idiosyncrasies where I fall short, where I miss the mark. It's as if a mirror gets held up to me from time to time when I'm confronted with my sin. And what a mirror does is um, it helps you see yourself, right? And I think what John is doing is he's holding up a mirror and he's asking the people to take a good hard look at themselves. What are the ways that they have fallen short? But what John does is he gets specific then in the call to repentance. Now, there's a difference between confession and repentance. Two church phrases, two practices that we we do week in and week out. Confession, which is something we do corporately often when we gather in worship, is to name those ways that we've fallen short. Lord, I have sinned by my fault, my own fault, my own grievous fault. To name those ways that we have not loved neighbor, not loved God, not loved our families or our spouses. But to repent is to move from merely naming it to living differently because of it. Confession requires us to recognize what's broken. Repentance is an invitation to do something in response to it. And John gets specific with this. These individuals come and he doesn't just say, hey, try harder or, or be more generous as a blanket statement. John gets really specific. He says, okay, um, uh, to, the, to the question that people ask, well, what should we do then, John? He says, well, some of you have two coats. <laughs> you only need one, so share the other one with the guy over there who doesn't have a coat. And some of you have a lot of food while other people are hungry day in and day out. Share your food. And the tax collectors come and they ask him, what should we do? And he says, well, the pervasive brokenness among a lot of tax collectors at the time was that you would collect more money than was required. And you would line your own pockets with it. Stop it. (laughs) Don't do that. John's holding a mirror up in front of the tax collectors and saying, look at yourself. And then to the soldiers who ask, What should we do? Well, quit using your power and your authority and the scare tactics to extort people. Be content with your own wages. I think when mirrors get held up to us, we often can see a little bit more specifically what's broken. This is the third week in our Advent conspiracy. Week one, we began this season of Advent with an invitation to worship God fully. And the message that week was to bring your real self into worship. Worshiping fully doesn't mean that we have to sing louder or sing, sing longer. It means that you can be who you are with your doubts, your fears, your insecurities, all of your humanity, bring that into worship and worship fully. Last week, Pastor Jonathan encouraged us to spend less on what doesn't matter. A trillion dollars every year spent on Christmas, 15 billion of it ends up being returned because they're gifts we don't even want. We looked at the ways that we often spend our time and our resources on the things that don't produce life. This week, in light of John the Baptist's message, our encouragement is to give more but not just to give more money or, or to give more charity, but to really give more of ourselves as John is calling the people to do. You see, what John's really doing is he's, he's inviting them into a way of life that would produce life for other people. I've been thinking about giving more myself. God, how, how am I called to give more What do I need to prioritize in my own life? And it has been my children, two of my children, who have held up a mirror for me recently that have invited me to take a good, hard look at some things that need to change in my own life. A few weeks ago, it was a weekend like any typical weekend in the Halad household, a lot of coming and going. Becca coaches swimming, and so she's busy with that, with swim meets in the weeknights and on the weekends. Um, I work a lot of the weekends coming to and from church. We have soccer practices and basketball and all sorts of stuff that lots of families deal with. And Brianna was feeling really down. I could see it on her face and she was getting sort of emotional. Um, Becca had, had just, I had just come home from church, I think, and Becca, the second I got home, Becca darted out the door to go to her thing. And Brianna Started crying. And she said, When one of you comes home, could the other one not leave? And she was serious. She's like, I just want our family to be together for a day. This is the reality of the suburban life. And then yesterday, Becca and Brianna are somewhere, and I'm home with baby Luke and Noah. And Noah's watching Bluey. Anyone here know Bluey? Oh yeah, now the kids are listening. Bluey is the most brilliant kids show. It's just my favorite. Yeah, I've got to raise the roof right there. It's about four little dogs, a little family. It's made by like Australian public media. And these little dogs, there's two little sisters, Bingo and Bluey, and there's a mom and a dad. And the show, I've come to realize, is really about teaching parents how to be playful, engaging parents. And kids eat it up. My kids can't turn it off. I've watched 58 episodes (laughs) because they're only eight minutes long. And they're just so good. And in the show, the dad, to me, is sort of like the hidden hero of the show. Um, I don't know if he works or not. He, He might work from home. But the whole show is about the dad getting roped into these games that Bingo and Bluey have made up. Imaginative play. It's a really beautiful show. And Noah was sitting there watching an episode and one episode ended before the next one began and he turned to me and he said, Daddy, I really want you to be more like Bingo and Bluey's dad. And I said, well, don't we all? Um, And he said, no, I you work a lot and you're always busy and even when you're home, you're on your phone. This is my five-year-old. And he said, and I really like it in his voice, I really like it when you play with me. Will you play with me more? At this point, I'm looking straight into a broken mirror. My kids have been trying to send a message to me. That what they truly need and want is not more presence under a tree. It's not a new shiny toy. It's me. It's dad. It's mom on the ground making up games. This is the mirror that I've been looking into. John the Baptist this week would say, now that you see it, what are you going to do in response? How are you, Lauren, going to give more of what really matters? I'm totally addicted to my phone, like so many of us. Checking emails, checking the weather, it's habitual at this point. My kids notice, my wife notices, I need to lay it down. How is God calling you to give more this season? Because this is a busy season with lots of added things and lots of expectations. But the invitation here from John, the invitation from, from God is to give more of yourself to the things that will actually produce life for other people. What mirror are you looking into? You see, John says really clearly here that one is coming after him who will baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. In other words, Christ is coming. John's message was just to prepare the people for something greater, a greater gift that would come, that would be all-consuming. John was trying to wake people up to the realities of the things and the practices and the habits they had in their life that were robbing them of life and other people of life so that they could be ready for the one true author of life who was coming to show people what real abundance looks like, which is not wrapped up in material goods. It's why the Christ would come and be born in a manger, in a stable near the animals. The Christ was coming to show us It's not all of the trappings of the world that actually produce life. It's being present with an infant in your arms, cradled beside the beasts and warmed by their breath. This season, may you look clearly into the mirror in front of you. And when you see the ways that you've fallen short, may you know that God's grace can cover that that God's grace is sufficient, but that God also invites you to move in a new direction and to move in that direction with great joy and great love to put what is in your past, keep it in your past, but to move forward, present, and able to see the gifts that are all around you. And maybe your gifts are like mine. They're loud and they're crazy And they're on the floor playing with toys, looking up at you saying, will you get down here and play with me? Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.